Hi and welcome to the third way. Events of the last few weeks have stood in line pointing towards one thing. A total western systemic change. From education to employment, from politics to prisons, from families and friendships to faith. Black lives matter. This is more than a hashtag. It's the razor sharp tip of the iceberg that is tearing up the proposed future of western living under institutionalized racism. Jess Malley, our founder and host, a black woman, is in the middle of all this, experiencing it firsthand and playing her vital part. People need to know first-hand experiences, so here is an explicit conversation with Jess the day after the first protest in London. I'm here with Jess, our co-host um, Hello. for our podcast. Jess has um, been been busy, <laughs> been active. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can um, say that. Yeah. That's the, that's the least thing I can say about what's been going on, actually. Um, so we're going to have this conversation. I'm going to ask um, Jess a few questions and hear, um, hopefully, hear the the almost immediate and raw response thoughts and processes of, of what's been happening um, in the last um, last few days, last week. Um, yeah. So. Yes. Amazing. Um Jess, yeah, we have we have no expectation for you to hold back in any way, shape or form. Um I think um everyone who is listening to this will be encouraged to hear what you yeah. what you genuinely think, what you really yeah. think. And I do believe that you represent a group of people, um and um especially the black community would appreciate what you have to say. Let's give it a go. Okay. Um <laughs> so we'll start with this. Um what happened and what are the series of events that you are currently dealing with? So I won't uh, give much graphic description because I think um, as black people, we are currently living in a state of PTSD. Um, and every time we see a picture of someone who looks like us or our father or our son or our uncle killed, mm. um, that, that, PTSD is triggered Um, but essentially over the last few weeks we have had a sequence of events that whilst they are not um, the only events of their kind and whilst they are not um, new Mm. the sequence in which they occurred over the last few weeks has been um, significant so we had uh, the killing of Ahmaud Arbery Mm -hmm. Um, by self-appointed citizen officers or whatever. Mm. Um, I mean, again, I won't describe it graphically, but if you haven't seen or heard, then you just need to do your own research. Then we had the murder of Breonna Taylor in her own home. Mm. Um, uh, Shot eight times. Um, and the, the circumstances surrounding it is so, you know, off the back of that, her boyfriend actually got arrested and Mm. the one, the men who killed her 
still haven't been arrested actually at the point of this recording they Mm. still work for the um police department in louisville and they still have not been arrested Mm. so that happened and then we all kind of thought surely this is it um surely something's going to change now Mm. and then this uh odd very very odd um and yet very uh revealing um incident took place where a lady called amy cooper some of us call her karen if you don't know why we call her karen then you're not black (laughs) (laughs) um but if you hear black people talking about karen um yeah there's a thing about that Anyway, uh, Amy Cooper was in a part of Central Park in New York City where um, you're supposed to have your dogs on a leash. Mm. And um, she did not have her dog on a leash. And a gentleman called uh, Christian, I actually think his last name was Cooper as well, Christian Cooper. Mm. Funny, isn't it? Um, (laughs) Who was in that part of the park to uh, birdwatch, believe it or not. Um, we, we can, we can discuss the, um, you know, that hobby on a, on another day. I don't know if bird watching is something I'm ever going to pick up, but I guess it, it tells you something about the man, you know, it tells you something about the character. I don't know if I tell you that someone's bird watching, if like you think of a threatening, you know, scary human, um, (laughs) the two kind of don't go together. Yeah, well, not really, no. <laughs> so Christian Cooper was bird watching, and he saw Amy Cooper um, and her dog, and her dog wasn't on a leash. Mm. So Christian asked her to please go ahead and put the dog on a leash. Mm. Uh, Amy Cooper got uh, pretty frustrated and angry, um, to which Christian decided to film her. And what we saw unfold over the next, I don't know, five minutes or so of that video, Mm. I think, and I'll get to that a little bit later, was both revealing and deeply scary. So this lady, you know, asked Christian to stop filming her or whatever. And he says, I'm not going to stop until you put your dog on a leash. Like, put your dog on a leash. You're in a part of the park where you need to put your dog on a leash mm. and so she starts saying she makes a statement she says if you don't stop i'm going to call the police and i'm going to tell them that an african-american man is threatening me mm. now that's significant mm. because in the in the fact that you are premeditating this you're thinking you're fully aware mm. that when you call the police and you say an African-American man is threatening me. Right. You know mm. what you're doing. You know what you're saying. Yeah. You're not calling and saying there's a man in the park threatening me. Mm-hmm. The, the fact aside that he wasn't threatening her, you know, yeah. Yeah. That, that aside. Yeah. But the fact that you will choose the language, an African-American man. So she goes ahead and calls the police and mm-hmm. he continues filming her. And what we see then is she calls the police and as she's on the phone, she stirs herself into hysteria. Mm. She like her, her voice gets higher and she starts sounding like she's actually being threatened. Oh, right. Wow. And her voice changes. And 
bearing in mind, Christian doesn't move closer to her. Mm-hmm. He doesn't speak to her. Mm-hmm. He doesn't engage. He's just standing there with his phone in his camera and he's filming this incident. Mm-hmm. And Amy gets, and, and her voice gets to this high-pitched place and she goes, there's an African-American man and mm-hmm. he's threatening my life. He's threatening mm-hmm. me and my dog. Mm-hmm. Now, that all happens. Amy gets her dog taken away. Amy gets fired. Many of us see this incident and we go, wow. So you know, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like the Karens know. Yeah, right. White people know. They know about their privilege. They know. Mm-hmm. We found out later that Amy Cooper is a, um, is a, uh, would consider herself a liberal. Mm-hmm. Um, she doesn't fit the description of a racist, mm. you know, hillbilly, yeah. uneducated Something, yeah. person. Mm. This is an educated New York woman who considers herself a liberal. Wow. And when faced with the choice of doing the right thing, she chooses and premeditates endangering this man's life because she knows exactly. Just remember what I said. A, a couple weeks before, Ahmaud Arbery became, the story mm. about Ahmaud Arbery came out. Mm. We've been seeing police brutality against black bodies and specifically men for years Mm. now, Mm. you know, so she knows exactly what she's doing when she makes that call. So the black community sees this and we, 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 we feel a sense of fear, like a Mm. new level of fear, because we knew that there were racists who Mm. are obviously racist. Mm -hmm. We knew that we live in a, in a system of racism, but now we also see that even the ones that we thought we could trust Mm -hmm. also operate by the same system. So all of this is happening. And then, and this is what, you know, but I think it's important to see that this was all the build up. Mm On the same day, this Amy Cooper incident takes place. Mm. In another part of America, a man goes to a shop and pays for, doesn't pay for, we don't know, tries to pay for, pretends to, whatever, Mm. pays for what he bought. And he leaves the shop and the shop owner thinks that he wrote a bad check. Mm-hmm. or so the story goes yeah. now it tells you something about america that the reaction of that shop owner is to call the police on that black man but anyway that's another conversation for another day mm. so the police come and over this alleged bad check they handcuff this man whose name is george floyd and one police officer specifically murders him on the scene um again you can google Mm -hmm. if you need to need to know the details (sighs) so now we've just had this series of events where for none of these incidents real justice is served because you got to remember ahmaud arbery the only reason the men got arrested is because you know, the world cried out, petitions mm. were signed, social media, all of that. Mm-hmm. There needed to be a rally cry for the murderers to be caught. Yeah. Breonna Taylor's murderers are still on the loose at this point as we're speaking. Mm-hmm. Or still working. And still working. Yeah. And we've now seen that Amy Cooper knew. 
And then this murder of George Floyd happened. Mm -hmm. And I think what that did, especially because for us as Black people, the Amy Cooper thing and the George Floyd thing happening on the same day was incredibly significant. Yeah. Because we knew that she was hoping for the same outcome George Floyd got when Mm. she made the phone call. Mm. Mm. So we are now in a state of both PTSD, we're re-traumatized because we've just again Mm. seen a black man killed on a video. Yeah. But we are also furious in a way we haven't been in a long time. Because you've got to remember, mm-hmm. we've lived with this for 400 years, you know? Minimum. Yep. Um, minimum, mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. And we, in our day-to-day life, we experience microaggressions. We experience sometimes covert, sometimes overt racism. Mm-hmm. We, it, it's something that you grow up with, you learn to live with. I grew up in a white world, so it was my daily bread, you know, like mm-hmm. it, we, we get used to this, mm-hmm. but now it gets to this point where we go, nah, fam, all those of you who've been saying that you're on our side, mm-hmm. AKA Amy Cooper, mm-hmm. you were gonna, you were gonna do the same thing to us. Mm-hmm. We are done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there was this, There was this outcry, especially when George Floyd's murderers did not get arrested. They were um, suspended. Mm -hmm. But that's not enough. We have video footage of you killing the man. Mm. You get suspended. Yeah. Bitch, please. Mm. Mm. So there was this, this outcry of this rage across America and beyond where every black person went, this this is enough because you're not when you and, and Malcolm X said this. This is and, and I'm paraphrasing. Mm. This is but when you he was he was almost prophesying that this this time was going to come. He said there will be a time when black people identify themselves with each other in a way that when you harm one of us, you harm all of us. Mm. Right. Yeah. And this is this is what we're seeing now. Mm. There has been an outcry where we went. I am George Floyd. Mm. I am Breonna Taylor. Right. Yeah. And by killing them, Mm. you are doing me an injustice Mm. and Mm. I've had enough. Yeah. So this, this is what happened over, over the last few weeks. And Mm. now we are seeing um, protests across uh, the U S and Europe. Now Mm -hmm. people are protesting for justice um, for those people but more, but, but this, this essentially is the Mm. sequence of events of what's been, what's been going down. Jess, I, I'd like you to just briefly elaborate on the PTSD state, which Mm -hmm. is essentially the 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 condition of the black race and the black people at the moment um yeah so is it fair for me to say that that's that's the overarching feeling and response yeah of whole group of people definitely i mean again um whilst we do f- 
do have a real sense of um, togetherness and collective experience as black people due to the history. We are yeah. ob obviously not, not a, we're not a, uh, what's the word? Um, we're not all the same, you know, so we're not yeah. all feeling the same. We're not all. Yeah. yeah. Um, but so, so you will find that um, obviously there are nuances in, in response. There are nuances in, in how people are reacting to this. However, there is this term called uh, collective trauma. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm just going to read a definition of collective trauma um, from a um, professor at a university of social work. And it says, collective trauma is an event or series of events that shatters the experience of safety for a group or groups of people. Mm. These events are different from other forms of traumatic events because of their collective nature. That is, these events are a shared experience that alter the narrative and psyche of a group or community. Mm. Right. So when we talk about collective trauma, this is what we're talking about. There has been a mm. sense of, for centuries, because this, this is not new, there's there has been a, a, a chipping away. Um, sometimes it's been a hammering away. Mm. In the last decades, it's maybe been a chipping away mm. at the sense of safety mm. and security of Black people and their existence. Right, yeah. So there is a collective sense of we are not safe. Mm. You know, mm. put, put put it put aside that we're not treated equal. We don't have the same opportunity. Da, 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 da. Yeah, yeah. At the, at its core, this collective trauma is saying, "You are not safe." Right. So you have a whole people dispersed through on the continent, throughout the diaspora, mm. everywhere you have black people living with a sense of especially in, in globalization, because we see every time someone who looks like us get killed, gets right. treated and being living with a sense of you are not safe. Mm. And that is this, this sense of collective trauma. And what that does is it's similar to like PTSD. Every time something triggering takes place mm -hmm. and you'll, you know, you'll know this if you have experienced any type of individual trauma, Mm. Um, there are certain events when they take place, they trigger you yeah. and all the, the, the feelings and the emotions of grief and hurt and pain and frustration and whatever that the traumatic event has caused you mm. come up to the surface. Yeah. And what they do is they cause you to feel a lot more sensitive to everything that's going on around you. Mm -hmm. So what's happening now is you have black people living in a state of collective trauma, all these triggering events happen. Mm. And in the majority of black people, what that is causing is a heightening of awareness right. of racist actions mm. against them. Mm -hmm. Microaggressions that we've lived with for our whole lives mm. become heightened. We, mm. we, we feel them because we've, we've learned not to feel them. We've mm. learned to numb ourselves to them. Right. But suddenly because trauma has opened up mm. the, you know, our feeling box. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, to put it in simple terms. Mm. Now we're like exposed. Mm. We're ex it's like this wound, this exposed wound 
that is now constantly being jabbed at. Mm. And and that yeah that is that is what what this collective trauma um, experience is like at the mm. moment. Um, so you know I've I've been I've been saying this through my social media. I've been saying like, be kind to your black friends, man. Mm. Look after them mm. right now. Right. Yeah. Because we are going through something very very odd like mm. I, I went to i went to the protest the black lives matter protest yesterday and someone had a, had a sign and it said um it said i don't like this episode of black mirror oh my <laughs> word yeah yeah i've seen that as well yeah and, and i was like that is a brilliant sign because that's what it feels like it's very <laughs> it feels like we're in an episode of black mirror and yeah like, oh, <laughs> I, I saw um i saw another one where someone had posted um it was a it was a black lady looking out onto the street, kind of sort of squinting her eyes, mm. and the caption was, uh, "I wonder what chapter of Revelation am I going to live out today." <laughs> yeah. Having said that, we we still have to deal with, deal with the media in in varying degrees yeah. because whether we believe it or not the media is set up under the same system yep um, it sure is <laughs> yes um so whilst you know there's been protests happening in america in uk mm-hmm. and in europe as well now yeah um i think there's been mixed responses to them and you know there's been almost like a like a parallel or a perpendicular wave of um media propelled um sort of images or videos that are showing yeah. the violent side mm-hmm. of yeah. these protests more than the peaceful and the the request for change mm-hmm. or the plea for change side of mm-hmm. these protests so what are your mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on that you were at the protest yesterday um, yeah as well yeah 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 um let me maybe start by saying um, protests are great mm. and necessary, but they are only the tip of the iceberg. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. I firmly believe that. And I, and I being, being part of the protest yesterday, whilst it felt empowering in a way, because mm-hmm. it was, you know, it was just an outlet to mm-hmm. to say like i'm not okay with this like mm-hmm. i'm not okay with what's going on yeah um obviously because of the work i do and because of who i am i kept thinking gosh but it's just not enough mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you know like what what we actually need to see is we need to see a change in the education system we need to see a change in the prison system we need mm-hmm. to see a change in you know the all those things we need to change the curriculum of how we teach history you know Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we need to create contemplation action and contemplation centers like i don't know (laughs) my goodness Um, (laughs) (laughs) but so so just to kind of that you know that's my my overarching feeling about protests Mm. is i think they are good they're important for us as black people to feel like we can just make a clear statement Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. and sometimes you know i think it just it needs the power of the people to show up in numbers to make government understand that you know this isn't just a social media hype Mm -hmm. but there are people who are 
ready to leave their house to risk yeah. getting infected with a virus yes, that yes. has caused that caused us to be a lockdown for months now. Yeah. And um, to completely neglect, not, you know, people were wearing masks and everything, but essentially put themselves in harm's way mm. to let the government know, um, the governments of the mm. world know mm -hmm. that we are not okay with what's going on. So, so in that sense, I think they're important. The other thing is with how the media portrays the protests in the US, I think there are, there are, two, there are two thoughts that come to mind. One is... I'm I'm inclined to say burn that bitch down. Like there's there's a sign. There's this are we gonna have to put like an explicit thing on this episode, probably, because I'm swearing. Yeah, that that's fine. I mean <laughs> you're using appropriate language for your, yeah. your feelings. It's yeah. But um, we can we can say Yeah, we might need to do that. Um yeah. because you know I, I I saw a post over these social media has been like the internet's been <laughs> at its best and its worst over the last few weeks. Mm. Um, someone said, you know, like uh, black Americans have every right to burn down the country they built for free. Mm. You know, mm. there's mm. a sense of um, like, we've tried, we've tried peacefully. We've tried quietly. We've mm. tried to wait. You told us wait. So we tried to wait. Mm. You told us, you know, just, dress a certain way, behave a certain way, live a certain way, mm -hmm. um, and you'll be fine. We've tried, yeah. and it turns out that they're a lie mm -hmm. because Christian mm -hmm. Cooper was fucking bird watching, mm -hmm. And Amy Cooper called the cops on him knowing that would kill him. Right. So I mm -hmm. can be a bird watching, peaceful, educated, um, African-American man, and mm -hmm. someone's still going to come and try and kill me. So yeah. we've had enough. And I think that, you know, that the fact that there has been protests and that some of it has turned somewhat violent, mm. this is the second aspect to it, mm. is only partly true. Mm. Because what we are finding out now more and more is that a lot, certainly not all of it, yeah. but a lot of the burning of places and the throwing stones into shopping windows and all mm. of that was actually done by either quote unquote well-meaning white people right. or, and that's more often the case, by troublemaking white people mm -hmm. who knew that if these things turned violent, everybody would take the attention away from the fact that black people are being killed mm -hmm. and the attention would go on, oh, look at these black people looting the place yeah, and right. rioting and doing whatever, whatever, whatever. Mm -hmm. So I think what's really important for those of us who are observing this is do not let the narrative get twisted. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter what you think about the riots. It doesn't mm. matter. And that's not even, I don't want to call them riots. They're protests, for goodness sake. And Absolutely. they're righteous protests. Mm -hmm. And if you think they shouldn't have looted Target, do you know what? I, re I really don't understand where you get the empathy to care about Target right now. Like, I, <laughs> I, I don't understand. Because mm. Target's going to be okay, you know? Yeah. If you don't, if you want to say I condone violence, like, go for it. Be my guest. But do not let the narrative get twisted mm. because the issue we're dealing with here is violence and brutality against black bodies that has existed for centuries. Yeah. That's yeah. the problem. Yeah. Burning target is not the problem. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, 
Um, just, just, just whilst you're on that, on that specific yeah. statement, I'm gonna read you something that MLK said in one of his speeches. It is as necessary for me to be as vigorous in condemning the condemn the conditions which cause persons to feel that they must engage in riotous activities, as it is for me to condemn riots. I think America must see that riots do not develop out of thin air. Yeah. Certain conditions continue to exist in our society, which must be condemned as vigorously as we condemned riots. But in the final analysis, a riot is the language of the unheard. What is it that America has failed to hear? Wow. And then he goes on to then um, yeah. say, say that um, it has yeah. failed to hear that the promises of freedom and justice have not been met, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So yeah. It, again, even in saying that, he's not you know condoning what what is what is portrayed as stereotypical yeah. you know riots or actions like that and things like yeah. that but i think i think in that in that phrase where he says a riot or a, when when a protest tends to boil over when when a protest tends to be portrayed or even in some cases i'm going to use the word passionate when a protest yeah. gets passionate yeah it's the language of people who haven't been heard for centuries. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting even that you quote MLK because one other thing that I've observed um, is that many Christians like to, um, you know, quote the nonviolent language that, that Dr. Martin Luther King, um, you know, so firmly believed in and, mm. um, and taught. But again, you know, the quote that you just read yeah. is is making it clear where he would stand. Yeah, absolutely. Today, you mm. know, and I think, yeah. it, and again, if I come back to do not let the narrative get twisted. Yeah, Because absolutely. the problem isn't burning target. The problem is black bodies being killed. And yeah. I think that, that's that's really important. And the the other interesting thing is as well is... um. You know, I was reading an article by an activist called Andre Henry, mm -hmm. and he was talking about um, the, I, I can't remember what the title of the article was, but the, the whole piece was around um, how protests of all kinds and even violent protests have, have made a difference in the right. past. Mm -hmm. And he kind of says really clearly, like, I'm not, you know, he's, he's non, he's a nonviolent person and yeah. he believes in the philosophy of nonviolence which by the way i'd just like to add in there so this is free education guys yeah that's nonviolence does not not mean not being angry yeah it does not mean not being passionate and yeah. it does not mean just not punching somebody mm. nonviolence is a belief system and a philosophy that takes people a long time to take from a, a, a head knowledge into a mm. heart knowledge. Mm. What people don't know about the nonviolent movement, the civil rights movement in the US, mm. is that before there was a single march, there was education of the community. There right. was, you know, what, what we would maybe call, people would be taught to contemplate the principle of nonviolent. There was schooling and education around it. Mm -hmm. So to just say, well, just be nonviolent. It's mm. bullshit. Yeah. Because yeah. even in the way that you just said, don't be nonviolent, you're bloody violent. Mm. Mm. Because you condone violence. Anyway, let me not. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you had the power to stop yourself there. That's amazing. Oh. 
it's just it's just because I'm preserving my own energy. I'm like right. aware of all the phone calls and things I'm yet to do today. So I'm like, let me let me just let let me conserve some of this. But what I'm trying to say is, you know, no, nonviolence is about much more than just not punching somebody in the face. Yeah, yeah. And um, and it certainly does not mean not being angry. Like mm. I am trying to be a nonviolent person. I'm working on it. Yeah. <laughs> but um it starts with a mindset. Mm. Um and I am never gonna expect anybody else to share that mindset because I know how hard how much hard work goes into getting there. And mm-hmm. if you're constantly being oppressed and treated as less than yeah. we're gonna run out of energy to then also spend time to change your mindset to not be violent. Now, mm-hmm. fam, you're just wanna gonna you're just gonna wanna burn that bitch down. And mm-hmm. I get it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I've spent nights over the last few days not being able to sleep and like picturing myself like mm. fighting people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I'm angry. Mm. You know. Mm. Um, yeah. And I think as well, just just while we're on this, um, that there was a IGTV by Trevor Noah. Yeah. Um, those of you who don't know Trevor Noah, he's the host of The Daily Show. Brilliant guy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and in incredibly intelligent, great, you know, communicator. If anybody mm. knows whether he's single, um, please hit me up. Essentially, he was talking about this idea of society being a contract that we have all, you know, quote unquote signed. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you know, this idea that they are, there are, um, we've all agreed to terms in a way that's the only reason society functions is because we all abide by this contract that we've signed Mm. um so to speak and he was talking about the the protests and the you know some of the elements that have turned maybe violent being a response to that contract being broken Mm. Mm. being broken in such a abhorrent obvious way Mm. That the, the response is, well, fuck that shit. Mm, mm. You're not keeping your end of the bargain. Why should I keep mine? Yeah. This whole thing is only working because we all keep our end of the bargain. You've not held yours yeah. for centuries now. Mm. You keep telling me you're going to change. You keep telling me you're going to start hold up your end of the bargain. Mm. But I'm seeing that it's bullshit. Mm, mm. So do you know what? I'm not going to hold my end of the bargain anymore either. Yeah. Why should I? And um, and I think for me, that just gives so much context to to what is happening when these things do turn um, violent. Yeah. You know, that there was this there was this tweet going around from a shop. I think it was a restaurant owner um, in Minneapolis whose restaurant got burned. Mm. Um, and I think it was an Indian restaurant. And he put the statement out and he said, yep. You know, building's been burned, whatever. And then he said, let my building burn mm-hmm. until there's justice for George Floyd. Oh, my word. Mm. Wow. And you just go, oof. Yeah, jeez. Mm-hmm. There's a shift a coming. Jess, I'd like you to talk to two groups of people. Um, mm-hmm. And the first is your own. Um, mm-hmm. And how can black people begin to navigate this moment in their history yeah 
towards a sustainable, almost an everlasting change. But just on the back of all the current, let's call it a spike, let's call it the immediate response and feeling that people have had, how can they navigate that and channel that towards, yeah, um, Yeah. something something worthwhile? Mm. I think... um... I think there's a couple of things. Um, I think the one thing is like the one big overarching thing for me is look after yourself. Mm. Do not think you have to participate in the fight in the same way somebody else is um, because your existence is resistance. Mm -hmm. The fact that you breathe, that you get up in the morning, that if you're a parent, you feed your children, you Mm. pay the bills, you, by, by doing that, you are um, resisting a system that isn't built for you to exist. Mm -hmm. So um, look after yourself, rest, switch off from the news. If this is not your work, um, as in, you know, if, if this is not your continued work, don't don't over um overload yourself with information mm-hmm. because you're still going to have to get up tomorrow mm. um i would also say that if you know talk about it yeah. like what's so important you know i'm um one of my pillars is mental health and and well-being and i think what the system of of oppression wants to do now is use this time to attack your mental health and weaken Mm. us Mm. by weakening you because we're only as strong as you are. Mm. And if we don't deal with this trauma, like I I texted my therapist yesterday Mm. or two days ago and I said, I I need to book in a few sessions because my mental health is being affected significantly by what's going on and I'm not going to try and, and and walk that out alone so if if you have access to therapy I would very much encourage um you know doing that utilizing that there are many offers and maybe see if it's like I can find a list and we can add it into into the notes for this episode yeah, there are absolutely. many offers for um black mm-hmm. culturally appropriate therapy there mm-hmm. are offers of people um you know offering things at at, at an affordable rate mm-hmm. and i'm also going to put out there if you are um black and you need therapy and you don't know what to do you can't afford it you don't know who to contact please reach out to us mm-hmm. um yeah Cephas and i don't have a lot of money <laughs> but we might that there will be ways in which we can help yeah um absolutely. because i yeah, I feel so strongly that we cannot let this moment um, affect our mental health in such a way that we are weak mm-hmm. on the other side of this. Mm-hmm. This is a marathon and not a sprint. We have been in it for a long time. And whilst the world is waking up to a lot of stuff right now, mm-hmm. um, we need to remember that we've been awoken to this our whole lives. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think look after yourself. And I would also um, think those of you who are going, well, but I want to I want to do something. I want to participate in the fight. Find out what your place is, because not everybody has the same place. Mm. And I mean that in a way of, you know, 
what what's your gift what is it that you love what is it that energizes you mm. utilize that to bring change if you're an artist if you're creative write music mm. write poetry write paint like do what it is you do to and use it as your voice don't mm. try and now become something you're not because you think that's the only way you can fight we need it all yeah. we need the people who go to the protests and we need the people who uh pay money to bail people out mm. you know we need um we need the people who write music we need the healers we mm. need the someone sent me this amazing um like it was like a graph or something um of just the different layers or the different um uh outputs of what social change requires mm. and again we can put that in the notes yeah. but find your lane and then i think what's also incredibly important is connect with other black people and just have honest conversations mm. and encourage each other look at like i know for me i took a hibernation day on tuesday yeah because it was all getting too much and i just watched every black show i could find because <laughs> i was like i just need to see black people yeah and i just need to see black excellence because mm. we are excellent mm. you know mm. like listen to music that lifts your spirit listen to the music of the ancestors you know i've been listening to nina simone like up and down and left and right and mm. all of that because i'm channeling her energy you know mm, mm, mm. um so yeah i would say look after yourself find your output and your lane um and talk to somebody mm. like please 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 talk to somebody because we need we we need we need our energy mm. to continue this race yeah yeah and the um the second group of people would be to those who aren't black and um have are waking up to what's either mm. um being discovered or they're waking up to what's always been um or they're genuinely passionate to see change i know there's a lot of people in in our generation who are wanting change for this first time there are a lot of people in the previous generation who have maybe witnessed increments of change but not enough and of course yeah. there's a lot of teenagers and a lot of young people i know like um i've got um teenagers that are mentor and whatnot and they were saying mm. like look, my friends regardless of race mm. or, or color yeah. have, have turned up to protest or they're all sharing and they're being active on yeah. social media and things like that but yeah. um what can what can non-black people actually do to be an ally mm. um there's a few things that come to mind. Um, number one is educate yourself. Mm. And by educate yourself, I don't mean Instagram. <laughs> um, yeah. mm. Meaning that, you know, I, I had posted, I mean, it's changed now because I put a, um, um, a link to another petition up, but I have a link for resources. Mm. Um, we can put that in our notes. Yeah, we should. Yeah. Books that you should start reading. Um, people that you should start following on social media who are doing brilliant work when it comes to being anti-racist. I will quote Angela Davis. In a racist society, it is not enough to not be racist. You have mm. to be anti-racist. And I think if you want to be an ally, that has to be a mantra. Mm. Um, I think you need to meditate on this on this thought because there's work behind that. Mm. You know, it's not enough to agree with a quote. Do you understand that we live in a racist society? Do you mm. know the history of this racist society? 
that's where you need to start. Do you understand the difference between not being racist and being anti-racist? Mm. Are you counting the cost of being anti-racist? Because there's a cost attached to it. It's mm. all great that we go to protests and to marches and all of that. But, yeah. you know, when it comes to actually using your privilege to elevate somebody else and to make room for somebody else, have you counted that cost? Are you mm. willing to pay that cost? Mm. Um I would urge you to read a book called White Fragility. Mm. Um, And again, we'll put it in the resources in the notes. Because as a white person, mostly, but maybe as non-black people, but but generally as white people, you will feel guilt. You will feel, um, I mean, if you have a conscience, you will feel feel guilt and shame. And you're going to want to go to your black friends and say, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to. I'm not I'm not racist. I'm not racist. Like, I'm a, you're my friend. I love you. We mm. don't need to hear that. This is not about you. Do not center yourself. This is mm. about black people. So I need you to understand the dynamics mm. of what's going to go on on the inside of you mm. as you go on this journey. And the book White Fragility will help you understand that because it is normal that these things come up. I think... Yeah. We would be lying to people to say, if you go on this anti-racist journey, you're just going to be like, yay, you know, this is easy. Because we have all internalized the system of oppression, Black people and white people alike. But Mm. Black people, from the perspective of the oppressed, and white people, whether you like it or not, from the perspective of the oppressor. Mm. And you have internalized that. You have, the media has internalized it in you. The films you've seen, the the. Mm you know, the commercials every day, your education yeah. system, the way history was taught, you've internalized mm. white privilege and you've internalized a system of oppression. So to dismantle that on the inside of you is going to hurt a little bit. Mm-hmm. So read White Fragility. Yeah. Um, to those people say, oh, but I don't see color. Never say that again. Just just don't ever say that again. <laughs> is because we don't want you to not see our color. We love mm. our color. Our color is awesome. Yeah. We need you to see our color. We mm. just need you to stop oppressing us because of it. Mm. And to um, people of color, to non-black people of color, what I would say is I've been seeing a little bit of um, someone was saying on an Instagram before they were saying um, oppression Olympics. Um, there's been a bit of a, oh, wow. but we've been oppressed too. And, We've been oppressed too. And then black people go, but our oppression's been worse. And then oh some people go, but, and I'm like, come on, y'all. What? Unbelievable. <laughs> I know. We, we all know that black people aren't the only people who've been oppressed. We understand True. that. But that's what we're talking about right now. Mm. Okay. So there's a time for everything. So don't start comparing oppression. Don't start, you know, all that kind of stuff. Mm. Because the reality is, un- until we are all free, yeah. none of us are free. Yeah. Mm. So by fighting for the freedom of Black people, you are in turn fighting for your own. Mm. And I think if we can understand that, and um, you know, as non-Black people of color, if you can understand that this is not about measuring oppression mm. systems, yeah. this is about uniting forces because the reality is anti-blackness has been at the core of so much of oppression. Yeah. And if we can tackle that, so much of the symptoms of it 
which then, you know, in turn reflect on oppression of other people, groups, et cetera, are mm. actually going to be dealt with. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's what I would say. Amazing. Um, I mean, probably the... so much about. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure there is. Um, and we will, we will uncover specifics um, as we yeah. go. We've got plans for um, yeah. shorter episodes where we are going to talk about. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, a few other a few other things related to this, but um, I think right now this is, as Jess said, free education, in a way for for those yeah. those that just want to listen um, and and learn mm-hmm. and big and start to take in um, what's what's really happening, start to yeah. uh, make that internal change. The change really does start with yourself, and then maybe yeah. extend these conversations with your friends and your families, um, and begin to deal with the the tough things that that we all need to really deal with as a as yeah. an entire people <laughs> yeah um, it's a human issue you know yeah. it's not it's not a black people issue it's a it's a human issue and and, and i saw a sign yesterday at the protest that said it's not white versus black it's everybody against racism yeah um, sure and i think that's yeah that's an important take mm. amazing thank you jess for being open and honest welcome i mean i can talk about this for like hours but yeah <laughs> we made a start we made a start and i and i thank you Cephas, for um you know even before i had to say anything you knew that that it was the right thing to do to not mm. go by our usual plan and schedule but to actually you know change things around and and mm. give this um give this space and that's allyship to me so i thank you for that thank you everyone who have um, chosen to listen to this thank you so much for listening everybody peace